Hello, 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 my beautiful people. I am so excited today. I can never talk enough about this area that I am about to embark upon. And there's so, well, let's just talk about it this way. I want to talk to you today about how does your physical activity and your nutritional intake, very formal ways of saying that, by the way, how active are you? How much do you move your body? And what are you eating? What are you eating? How does it affect our mental clarity, our mental prowess, our mental ability to think clearly and to be happy and to um, be grateful, quite frankly? How does what we eat and how active we are, how does that affect us mentally? And how does our mental ability where we're at, how happy we are, how much we're beating ourselves up or not. How much does that affect what we eat and how active we are? It's the age old question. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I dare say that if you take a baby step in either direction, in either area, that the other areas then get affected. So if I take a step in my nutrition well-being, then my mental and physical well-being gets affected in a positive manner any one of those three areas that if we touch on it if we take a baby 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 step in it then the other areas move along forward or up along with the area that we're moving in so i am excited about this and yes it affects us greatly what i put into my mouth affects how happy i am affects my relationship with myself and with a spouse, a friend, a family member, a loved one, a co-worker, a boss. It affects us dramatically. And if we can get a handle on some of this, now we've always been talking, we dive highly into the mental aspects of you are a masterpiece, I am a masterpiece. Now, would you take a masterpiece and take some chalk? Would you take a masterpiece painting hanging in the Chicago Museum of Art and go in there with crayons and chalk paint and stuff and just splatter all over it? No, you would never do or allow anyone to do that. In fact, I thought, you know, you'd be arrested. It's no different than our bodies. If you are a masterpiece, then you need to start creating and um, treating yourself as if you are that masterpiece. And that includes our activity levels and what we put in our mouths. Okay? So stay tuned. We're going to dive into this. I have been a trainer for 20 years. This is an area that I really could dive deep, 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 deep into. All right. Stay tuned. people I am so excited today I can never talk enough about this area that I am about to embark upon and there's so 
Well, let's just talk about this way. I want to talk to you today about how does your physical activity and your nutritional intake, very formal ways of saying that, by the way, how active are you? How much do you move your body? And what are you eating? What are you eating? How does it affect our mental clarity, our mental prowess, our mental ability to think clearly and to be happy and to um, be grateful, quite frankly. How does what we eat and how active we are, how does that affect us mentally? And how does our mental ability, where we're at, how happy we are, how much we're beating ourselves up or not, how much does that affect what we eat and how active we are? the age-old question. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I dare say that if you take a baby step in either direction, in either area, that the other areas then get affected. So if I take a step in my nutrition well-being, then my mental and physical well-being gets affected in a positive manner. Any one of those three areas that if we touch on it, if we take a baby, baby, baby step in it, then the other areas move along forward or up along with the area that we're moving in. So I am excited about this. And yes, it affects us greatly. What I put into my mouth affects how happy I am, affects my relationship with myself and with a spouse, a friend, a family member, a loved one, a co-worker, a boss, it affects us dramatically. And if we can get a handle on some of this, now we've always been talking, we dive highly into the mental aspects of you are a masterpiece, I am a masterpiece. Now, would you take a masterpiece and take some chalk? Would you take a masterpiece painting hanging in the Chicago Museum of Art and go in there with crayons and chalk paint and stuff and just splatter all over it? No, you would never do or allow anyone to do that. In fact, I thought, you know, you'd be arrested. It's no different than our bodies. If you are a masterpiece, then you need to start creating and um, treating yourself as if you are that masterpiece. And that includes our activity levels, and what we put in our mouths. Okay, so stay tuned. We're gonna dive into this. I have been a trainer for 20 years. This is an area that I really could dive deep, 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 deep into. All right, stay tuned. Welcome back. All right. Did you shake that one off? I know that was kind of a tough section. And yet, couldn't be anything more real when it comes to our lives. We have been duped, haven't we? Tell me that 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 little green box of food, just because it says natural or healthy on it, and it's got 50 million carbs in it, does not mean that it's actually good for me. Number one ingredient or number two ingredient or number three ingredient is sugar, high fructose corn syrup, 
or organic sugar or organic cane sugar or agave or molasses or even honey people it's got way too many carbs it's not good for our bodies okay now I'm not here to give you a certain kind of diet I'm really not although if you were connected with me I am very much into lowering the carbs and if you have weight to lose I want you to lower it enough that your body makes a transition transition into what well there's only two fuel sources for your body one glucose or glycogen which comes from the sugars and the carbs ideally that is the easiest quickest source for your body to get energy but wait Pamela you just said that when we eat those sugars your insulin spikes and stores it in the fat that's true so let's say I'm eating three Krispy Kreme donuts let's just stay on this theme shall we I eat three Krispy Kreme donuts and I only need the energy source I only need the energy source of maybe two bites of the Krispy Kreme donut to function properly. Still not your best nutritional source. However, let's just go with this. So I take my two bites. Now the rest, the two donuts and the rest of the bites are all stored into fat. Insulin is spiked. You can't get around that. Insulin is spiked and it's spiked a lot and it's getting stored into fat. All right, so now those two bites go into glucose or glycogen and um, gives us short-term energy. The quick hit, just it's the other job of, of insulin. It, it spikes and as it's going up, it says, here's some energy and it, and it vomits the energy out and you have energy for a little bit. Have you ever eaten something and then you crashed? So let's say this. You drink coffee and you drink coffee because you wake up tired and you want the energy and we all think it's from the caffeine. But the truth of the matter is there's a lot of energy from that sugar that we put in there. But I don't put sugar in my coffee, I just put cream. Well, let's take a look at your creamer. International Delight, Creamora, I mean, I can't even think of the names, it's been so long since I've had them. You t um, um, I do better halves from uh, California Farms. If it's not unsweetened, there are a lot of sugars and a lot of carbs in it. And the amount that they recommend versus the amount that we all kind of do are two very different ends of the spectrum. So let's look at that. There's a lot of carbs. Let's say it says one tablespoon or two tablespoons is 10 carbs. But we put in a half a cup because we're used to lattes. We put in a quarter cup. Well, now we're looking at probably 150 to 250 carbs right out of the chute. Now that's before we add sugar. If you're adding sugar, now you got for every teaspoon of sugar, you're looking at 20 carbs. So let's say you do five teaspoons. That's another hundred carbs. Come on, people. Anyway. I don't have those numbers exact in front of me, but what, you get the idea. You're adding a lot of carbs to the caffeine. And what happens is your insulin gets spiked and then the energy gets vomited out for you to use. And then an hour or two from now, after a lot of it's getting, as it's getting stored, the extra is getting stored as fat, you're crashing. And when you crash, your body starts releasing um, hormones in your body to make you hungry. 
and it reminds me of the Halloween movie, movie The Gremlins, right? It is the gremlin hormone and it causes you to be hungry. So now you're hungry and you get that famished thing or you get lack of energy. You start crashing and falling asleep. That's not the caffeine. It's not the caffeine. That is the carbs in your body going, feed me more. And if you don't, it gets louder and louder and louder. Okay. So now, how do we fix that? How do we fix the issue? Well, when we can, so so that's one source, right? That's one source of energy for your body. There is a second source. The, the, um, Glucose is the easiest, simplest way for your body to give you energy. It's a very quick hit. Think of track superstars. One is a distance runner and one is the 50-yard dash. Well, carbs, sugars, uh, breads, cereals, muffins, cakes, quinoa, fruit, those are your 50-yard dash. Okay, so now let's look at the uh, the long-term way of doing this without spiking your insulin so much. Well, your body can either do glucose or it can get its energy from fat. Now, even the highest ranked athlete that's the leanest that they could be has probably somewhere between three and 5,000 calories on them in extra fat, even though they don't look at, they got their eight pack or six pack abs. So they don't look like they have extra energy, yet they still they still have 3,000 to 5,000 calories sitting on their person at all times. Doesn't need to be refrigerated. It's within their body. But if your body doesn't know how to switch over from glycogen to fat burning, which really causes ketones. So your, your liver needs to learn how to break down the fat and spit out the ketones for energy. Now it's got really kind of an endless supply for this. Not completely, it's not to infinity, but it does have a lot. And for some of us, we've got a little more fat energy stored on us than we need. We could do uh, a three day, five day, one month fast, probably with ease if, if we're fat adapted. Well, what does that mean? It means if your liver is willing, it's gone through the detox, the um, jonesing for the carbs, and give yourself three, four, five days of that, and you get you pop out on the other side of the headaches, the grumpiness, the attitude, the exhaustion, the constant hunger pains. Once you get through that, then your body says, okay, fine, have it your way. And it grumbles at you a little bit and says, I'll do the second one, which is way more work for me. Whatever. Then it starts breaking down fat and it gives you energy from the fat. Now it breaks down the fat, creates ketones, spits out the ketones, and then your body starts running on ketones. Not a hundred percent. Your body can always even if you don't eat carbs, it can still, it will and does produce and utilize um, glucose or glycogen, but in very small amounts. So, and it does it naturally. It can create the glucose or the glycogen 
from fat and from protein. Okay. Where does it get protein? Protein you eat or protein from your body. Ideally from protein you eat. So vegans, you better get used to eating hemp. That's it. Um, and then spirulia. Um, and then also some kelp, some sea kelp. Those are complete amino acid um, protein sources for you. And I mean lots of them. So... Um, other proteins are there, but they're not complete when it comes to um, the amino acids. At any rate, okay, so um, back to fat adapted. So your body will will force itself to utilize fat, ideally not from what you eat, although there's nothing wrong with eating fat. I know I'm going against 30 years of BS in our society, but it is it's been lies and propaganda. So that somebody's ego never got hurt. At any rate, uh, that ego in the medical field. But we function very, very well and very fluidly on this type of um, uh, resource for energy. And here's the good news: we don't need refrigeration for, to use to use the belly on our fats, butts, thighs, underarms, neck. Uh, on our backs. I mean, you know, we got plenty love handles. We have plenty of resource. Most of us have way too much resource. Okay. So we can stand to skip a meal once in a while and allow us to become fat adapted. Now to get actually fat adapted takes you anywhere from two, three weeks, all the way up to six to eight weeks. Could take up the almost three months. It really depends on your body, your person, and how many carbs you were eating to begin with, right? Now you can go all the way into ketosis all as much as you want. You can just go low carbs, but somehow we've got to stop spiking the insulin. You could do a fasting diet, intermittent fasting diet. You can do a combination of these things. You can do a combination and then one or two meals of cheat and go right back into it. You know, get together with your trainer and your doctor and figure this out, right? I'm not telling you which way to do it. I'm just letting you know there's two ways to burn energy. One is carbs, which really our bodies have it's a quick fix quick hit 50 yard dash and then you fall over at the end and then and then you have to do it all over again and again and again and again some of you are actually waking up in the middle of the night and eating i mean you know these things do when we eat the carbs over and over and over remember it's releasing dopamine in our brains just like the heroin addict so we've got the cyclical thing going on. Not only is it just physical with our bodies with spiking and crashing and spiking and crashing, but we are also we are also doing it with chemicals in our brain, right? With dopamine and serotonin and other neurotransmitters that are that are making our emotions fluctuate along with our bodies being hungry and then energy and then hungry and then energy. So we've got to start changing some of this. And when you let go of some stuff, it will start changing the, the, the chemical um, makeup in your brain. And when we start taking care of ourselves, we actually want 
deeply desire to make better choices. Okay? Now look, we talked last time about perfection. I'm not talking about being perfect. Okay? The conversation I had a couple days ago with someone stemmed from I made a very conscious decision to go out to eat with my husband and have carbs. I can't remember if it was pizza or we had this sandwich from a food truck. I don't know. I can't remember at the moment. But I did do a meal and did that. Whatever. I made that decision. I'm not mad about it. I just went right back into my intermittent fasting and my low-carb type diet, which mine's so low, it brings me to ketosis on a pretty regular basis. So, why? Because I got a little extra fat to get rid of. Yes, Miss Bodybuilder Me has gained too much weight. Okay, so there you have it. I wasn't taking care of myself quite the way I knew I should. Let go of my trainer and said yes too many times to things that I didn't like. We all do it, including me. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Remember, last time we checked, no one is perfect. So, no reason to beat up the masterpiece and throw spray paint all on graffiti all over it. The masterpiece is you, by the way. No need to beat. I have a beat-up session and cry and wallow and wail and, you know, I'm such an idiot and call yourself names and all that other stupid stuff. Now, that's just dopamine um, jonesing right there and that serotonin mishaps and you've got regular hormones. I mean, you got hormones all over the place. Okay, take a baby step. We're not beating up this minute. We're just simply deciding right now to eat something different. Eat something different. Okay. So in the next section, we're going to talk about um, what is it that we can eat and how do the good foods affect us? Did we get some dopamine from the good stuff? Because quite frankly, I like the dopamine. Okay. We'll find out. Hold on. All right. I'm so glad that you are still here. Still here. I'm proud of you for still being here. And uh, if you have any questions at all about what we've been talking about, I am hitting this as fast as I can. But I am a huge advocate that what we eat affects how we think and how we think affects what we eat. They go together. That'd be like saying, I don't need my left hand because I got my right hand. Or I don't need my right hand because I got my left hand. Or quite frankly, when it comes to moving our bodies, I don't need my feet because I got my right and left hand. I mean, I don't know. They all go together. It's our body. The body is one big unit that all has different moving pieces and parts. And our nutrition, our spirituality, our movement, how we think, so the mental ability, relationships, they all go together. We need all of them. Of course, today we're talking about how nutrition affects us, um, affects our choices, and how our choices affect our nutrition, and how that uh, how that changes us chemically in our brains. That's why it's so hard to get out of this. So look, we've been on a, our country, uh, the U.S. especially, but it's been all, it's been worldwide. We have been on this kick 
that fat is of the devil. And then if we were just disciplined enough, if we were just balanced enough, if we were just have a balanced, healthy diet. Oh my gosh. I really want to throw up a middle finger to this. Okay. Seriously. I'm going to drop an F-bomb on this. F-bomb that. I, it's absolutely a load of crap. So, um, first of all, it's a load of crap that fat is bad for us. Now, some fats, they're not equal. Okay? When the wars started happening, we decided to uh, slow down on all that good farming. And we had companies that decided to um, chemically reproduce what God made. So what I mean is companies tried to, to mimic chemically the, the makeup of butter. Butter. Oh, look, good for us. Margarine, not good for us. Okay. So now we've got it in margarine. We've got it in, so I can't believe it's not butter and fooling mother nature and, um, what was that one? Parquet. Ooh, always hated that stuff. I mean, that one just tasted like Crisco, right? Oh, oh, there's one. Crisco. Um, hydrogenated oils, vegetable oils. This all came so that it could be shelf stable. So we could put food on the shelf and it could last for years and years and years and years. There's a reason why sometimes the food sits outside and the, even the ants won't eat it. Yeah, that's, that's actually a true story. Uh, McDonald's cheeseburger was put outside and the ants came up and went, ooh, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. That's disgusting. And they went around the burger instead of eating it. Why? Because it's not real food. I love to say from God's hand to my mouth, from God's hand to my mouth. Now, um, all the hydrogenated oils are a huge, huge no-no. I call that a heart attack waiting to happen. And oh my gosh, the soy industry has us by, well, I'm going to say what my husband always says, has us right by the balls. I know I don't have any, but my dad always said I was pretty tough that I probably should have had them. So look, <laughs> we have been duped, you guys. It's been a lot of lies and there's so much stupid information out there that is, that is, there's a lot of gain from financial gain from these big, big companies who have our politicians by the next as well. Okay. So the soy industry, which a lot of vegans are hooked into hook, line and sinker. Um, you've got, you got soy oils, you've got, um, seed oils that have been cooked down to all nutrition is lost. Um, you've got uh, kernel oils, you've got corn oil, you've got all these vegetable oils, safflower oils. These things are a heart attack waiting to happen. They're horrible for our bodies. Now, coconut oil, fish oils, um, avocado oils, um, eating nuts like macadamia nuts and um, cashews and pecans. There's oils in there. Um, these things are really good for us, right? Olives, hello. 
Italians have done this forever, you guys. Olive oil is fantastic. Avocado oil is fantastic. Coconut oil is fantastic. MCTs made from coconut oil is fantastic. You just spend a little bit more money for that. So why, you know, why? But other than other than that, these things are really good for us and they're very healthy for us and it helps our body to become fat adapted quicker. Butter, bacon, and I'm not talking to the vegans anymore. I'm here to tell you that you check with your doctor. Ideally, he actually knows nutrition is not overweight himself. If you have a doctor that's telling you anything about your blood pressure and about um, uh, Alzheimer's, about um, putting you in a diet or about nutrition, I could go on with this stuff. If they're talking to you, uh, any kind of inflammatory, anything like asthma, arthritis, lupus, if your doctor is overweight and on any medication, him or herself, then you need to change doctors because they can't even preach or um, do what they preach. And if they are, it's not working. So why should they put you on the same system that is failing them? Okay, there's that. So get a new doctor, okay? But check with your doctors, check with the nutritionist, check with you know the expert within your life, and and then take a look at the fact that bacon. I'm not saying eat all bacon all the time, and it's not the bacon diet, but animal fats, gr- healthy, grass-fed, free-range animals fats are actually very good for us. I will say that again. They're very good for us, okay? Um, It's important that we have fats. Our body, the best fuel source, once it becomes fat adapted, is, is from fats. And what better way to stay healthy and active than to always carry around your, your energy source? meaning the fat on your own body. Yeah, if I'm hiking for three days and I'm dropping weight, but I do have food, but I'm dropping some weight, it's okay. If I have weight to handle like I would right now, man, I could go weeks and I'd be fine because I've got my food source strapped to my middle and strapped to my thighs, strapped to my butt, strapped to my arms already. And most of the rest of us do too. We have an obesity issue in our country. And uh, we've got to learn to take care of ourselves. Stop believing the stupid lies out there. I'm not saying you got to go vegan. Go vegan, don't go vegan. I'm just saying you got to have some fat in your life. It doesn't have to be animal fat. It can be avocados. It can be um, coconuts. It can be MCTs. It can be nuts, seeds, Um Ideally, you have some fish in there too, but um, you know, fish oils, it's very important to have oil in your life. Why? Because your liver is much, much cleaner on it. We have an epidemic of fatty liver disease, non-alcohol fatty liver disease. Quite frankly, I have a brother that had surgery for it. He doesn't drink. Don't tell me, like I was told a couple days ago, yeah, well, eating something never hurt me, never made me go crazy, never lose my marbles and do stupid stuff. Going into surgery to have your liver replaced is crazy and stupid stuff. Now there comes a point where there's no return. 
You got to do what you got to do. But the rest of us, hey, why don't we prevent it? Why don't we prevent it? Having to go, on, I, I went to the doctor yesterday for a checkup. And the doctor looked at me and goes, so you're 51? Because I'm 51 in a couple weeks. November 13th is my birthday. Whoop, whoop. So, yeah, 51. He looked at me and he smiled. He said, uh, if you're not on medications for uh, hypertension, high blood pressure, anxiety, depression. I mean, he had a whole list, which I'm not on any medications for that. Any of it. And he said, if you don't have medications for any of that, bravo. Let's see if we can bottle what you're doing and, and spread it to the rest of the world. Because, man, 80% to 90% of my patients at your age are already on three or four medications for this stuff. To me, that's sad. That doctor was one of the few doctors, and he was in super great shape. And he had to bend 70, give or take, five years. Uh, so way ahead of his, uh, practice, super great shape. And so he already knew, I looked at him, I said, well, I came in last time and my blood pressure was slightly elevated. Now this was when I was moving, we were, Jim and I were moving into the bus. It's kind of stressful. I had my blood pressure taken. It was slightly elevated. And I, all I did was, um, increased a few cups of healthy leafy greens, which has a ton of potassium in it. And I said, I, I told him, all I did was increase my potassium. He goes, oh, awesome. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Funny you knew that without asking a doctor. He said, so um, how, my, how much potassium you taking? I said, oh, well, I just increased my leafy greens. I'm actually not really taking any potassium. I do seven to cups, seven to 10 cups of leafy green vegetables. No croutons, people. No fruit on my salad. I barely have cheese on my salad. I just don't do the shredded cheese unless I'm putting chunks of hard cheese next to it. Um, and so he, he just laughed. He goes, I couldn't ask for anything better. That's awesome. You're a poster child. See you next year. Okay, great. That's, that's great. You guys, what we eat affects us. And we can learn, if it has to be slowly, we can learn how to get rid of this. So I have a YouTube channel. I will put the link down below in the first three steps on how to start changing the way you eat so that it affects the way you think, so that it affects what choices you make, so that it affects the way you feel, so that it affects the way you uh, choose your food and your activity level. They go hand in hand. It is cyclical. They do go together. One affects the other. There's no getting around that. Zero getting around that. If you have high anxiety, I guarantee you it's the way you're eating. I guarantee it. Is that the whole story? No, but it's a large chunk of it. You need more magnesium. You need more potassium and you need some vitamin D and, and the vitamin K guys. Get outside for 30 minutes, eat a salad while you're doing it, and go for a 20-minute walk afterward. Ta-da! It'll, it'll help cure. Not supposed to say cure. It'll help get rid of 99.9999% of your anxiety, along with taking action toward the thing that you're fearing the most. Okay? 
And then, you know, and while you're going for a walk, say a prayer to whomever you call or whatever you call your creator. Okay? Say a prayer of what you're grateful for. I guarantee you, your life will change. So, um, depression, same thing. Are there clinical things? I believe there is. There's definitely things that you need medication for. But ideally, you start with food. And if you can't seem to start there, then get the medication so that you can start with your food and your activity levels. I know we're not really getting into activity too much, but our time is just about up. So, look, I will put a link below. Getting rid of the the white sugar, the refined sugars in your life. Getting rid of those, step one, hands down, bar none, that's what has to happen. That's where you need to start. You've got to get rid of the sugar. Step one. Step two, let's get rid of all of the crap carbs, which is all your flours, your rices, your um, potatoes, your all your starchy things, your um, even including your quinoa. I know, I know about my quinoa, but I thought that was healthy. It is a, a complex carb. I'm going to give you that one. But if you have a lot of weight to lose, we want to get you fat adapted as fat as quickly as possible. So step two, get rid of those extra carbs, your fruit. Can we add other things into it afterward? Yeah, we can. Absolutely. But in the meantime, let's get rid of some of this. And then the third thing is let's get rid of the crap oils. Go to your cupboard and get rid of any dressing that has soy oil, has vegetable oil, hydrogenated oils. Get rid of it out of your cupboard. No more Crisco. No more um, vegetable oils. Bye-bye. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. No more margarine. Get rid of it. How do you know? You turn around the label. Any crackers that have it. Any, I mean, you guys, turn around and look at the label and get rid of those crap oils. Those are heart attacks waiting to happen. Can you go into ketosis with crap oils? Yes. Okay. Yes. But we're not talking about going into ketosis only. We're talking about getting healthy and changing the chemical reactions in your brain so that you make better choices, so that your body is healthier. Okay. Step one, two, and three. Refined sugars, crap carbs, and other carbs. Good carbs too. Get rid of them all. (coughs) Excuse me. And get rid of your crap oils. Replace it with avocados, avocado oils, um, nuts, and so pecans, pistachios. Um, and honestly, when you first start this process, to ease the pain of all of the the withdrawal symptoms from your addiction, to ease the pain, go ahead and have as much as you want. That's going to help you ease through the withdrawal symptoms. It's fine. And then get rid of your crap oil. Get rid of your crap oils. All right, I'm going to have some links below. I'm so glad that you're here. I am going to wrap this up in the next section. Stay tuned.